0: Right, Nick.
1: Have we started? I guess. Started. I don't know.
0: I um, <laughs> never know what to say. Okay, so this is an interview with Nick, and this is for the podcast that we're doing for Glory, that's coming out in spring 2019. So thanks for joining us, Nick. Thank you. Um, I know you have got a short amount of time. <laughs> I'm trying to get as much information about um, your script, mm-hmm. your, pl- your little play. Um, can you tell us more about how it? of came to be like what was the initial discussions about writing glory for the dukes in collaboration with red lighter and uh, dimasha
1: sure okay um so i had a play called the chef show that toured up here that was with a company um called ragged edge productions and that's based up in keswick and we came here to we came to the dukes in fact we rehearsed it at the dukes and it opened here, and it was it went really well. In fact, we won an award for it a couple of months back. Uh, a piece I'm really proud of. I absolutely love that play. And the director, Stefan, asked me to get involved in. Um, uh, he was he was doing another thing called Keeping the Lights On, where it was six writers writing fifteen minute plays, and uh, we had that premiere here. In is it called the Round? Yeah. So we had that in the Round, and uh, the new producer here, Anna Nugent saw that now a lot of people hated my play <laughs> my play was called Fracking fish and it was about fracking it was about protesting uh, and i was quite sarcastic about protesters and we had of the six plays i think mine was probably the most controversial quite a few people on the night said how much they hated it i've seen people since who told me they really didn't like it uh, and anna was laughing away at it it was brilliant so anna clearly um connected with my writing which was brilliant And I love the jukes. Being up here with Chef Show and with Keeping the Lights On um, has been brilliant. I'm I'm a massive fan of Sarah Punch and I think she's incredible. Um, And as soon as she got the role here, actually, I said I'd like to talk to her about possibly working with her. Because she's a director that I really admire. And because of um, Anna responding to the script that I'd written, the fact that I'd already started speaking to Sarah, um, Anna just got in touch and said, do you want to talk? I've since discovered she was speaking to maybe four or five different writers, (laughs) and she had several ideas of something she wanted to um, commission a play about. And um, she kind of landed on the idea of wrestling. I think she found a flyer in town one day, um, and they wanted something that was really rooted in the north. Um, She discovered that wrestling is still a thing here. Uh, We got talking about it. I talked about the fact that when I was a kid, I used to go and watch Big Daddy, who probably doesn't mean much to you. No, okay. (laughs) It it sounds
0: familiar. I mean, I I look older than I am. Um, I look younger than I am. I always get that wrong. Um, So how long ago was that again, that discussion? So this
1: will have been January, so nearly a year ago. And January
0: 2017 uh, What year are we in now? We're still in
1: 2018 So it's 2018 okay. yeah. J- Yes, Jan- uh, because January 2018 was when we did Keeping the Lights On So we started the conversation around about February okay. It's been a really quick turnaround for a play okay. um, And yeah, she just asked me to respond on, uh, on the subject of wrestling I talked about the fact that I'd seen it when I was a kid And it was quite a big thing Because uh, I'm, I'm a northerner It was a big thing in the north I remember going to see Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks when I was maybe seven or eight in Keithley, where I grew up. Um Are
0: these British wrestlers? Yeah, yeah. No, okay. it, was,
1: it, it was huge.
0: I only remember The Undertaker, but I think that <laughs> was That's an, an American, American thing. Yeah, <laughs> that
1: came after. No, this was, this was the heyday of wrestling, back in the early 80s. Um, when it was massive, it was huge. Kendall Nagasaki was this big... Um, character as well it was just it was on telly every Sunday it was a huge thing yeah so I kind of grew up with it It, it's in my blood Um, so immediately responded to this and we went to Preston to a nightclub in the middle of the day on a Saturday afternoon and um, I had no idea that wrestling is still alive and well in Britain it was it was incredible there were hundreds of people packed into this nightclub um, the middle of the day and they were shouting and screaming in the same way that I remember doing when I was a little boy so immediately I was like, I want to work on this project. Anna um, had responded to my writing already so we just started working on it I met, I came up here to do some research and that's where the play came from
0: Um, A couple of things in terms of uh, the writing process for Glory did you um, gather research along the way or did you do a certain amount of research in a period of time and then go away right and then do a couple of drafts because we're on draft three four now i've lost count it's
1: probably <laughs> i think i'm about to do draft four or yeah. five something like that yeah. um it, so in terms of my process my so my theater writing is kind of always about yeah my theater writing is always about the contemporary british asian experience um and it was the fact that anna wanted to so she'd read a couple of my plays that are about that subject um, and she wanted to do something about wrestling but she was also interested in the fact that I'm writing about that experience so uh, in the play we have um, a Syrian asylum seeker we have a young black British soldier and we have someone who's a northerner but he's from a Chinese background uh, and then we have uh, Jim who's a, an old white guy and um, so what what i did was come up i came up to lancaster and i met quite a few refugees and asylum seekers i spoke to them about, about their experience because um i could i think i can quite easily write the british chinese character because being mixed race i'm half bangladeshi half english um i kind of relate to a lot of the stuff that goes on in in his uh, the character called dan in his life but in terms of the asylum seekers and the refugees we wanted to have authenticity so i came up here and met quite a few people um, I spent a long time God, we spent two days interviewing wrestlers and we went to a boxing gym near Morecambe um, and yeah, we just met these incredible characters so did a lot of the research and then it was a case of going away, working out what the story was and allowing uh, so the research was about meeting the people who were going to inform the characters right. that would appear in the play um, so the, yeah, the writing process was about Finding out what the story would be, working out what that was, and then trying to make the characters as authentic as possible based on the research that we'd done. So
0: I think there's some audio recordings and.
1: Yeah, we yeah. spent ages. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did lots of audio recording. And we found this one guy, and he was really generous with his time talking to us about how it works. And there was, in fact, um, on draft two or three, an earlier draft. There was this massive logical problem, so I'd I'd fudge something, and um, one of the actors who was involved in the workshop pointed out that what I'd written wasn't possible, and me and the director Rod were like, "Oh no, we, it's fine, it's fine." And then I spoke to this guy, and he said, "Yeah, no, that wouldn't happen." So it, com- it at, f- at first I was worried it was going to completely change the play, um, but actually we just he really helped us find find a. Um, a logical solution to the problem. Um, so yeah, there's there's lo- It's been really interesting talking to people about wrestling and about what it is these days and how how the business runs, how it's an industry. Yeah, it was cool. You, I think you'll enjoy listening to the audio.
0: The whole aspect of the round, and even wrestling itself, and using theatre to discuss certain difficult themes and topics, um, and events. Do you think? Bringing a story based in a sport is is kind of highlighting the importance of sports for men and women. Yeah. Um, but also then bringing the stories from sport into the theatre.
1: There's there's a, a saying about isn't there, I can't remember exactly how it goes. Something like, um, "Sport is drama unwritten," and
0: that's great.
1: You know we. I don't know about you, but I grew up watching lots of sports movies. Uh, White Man can't Jump was a huge influence on me. It came out when I was about 15 or 16. Um, and I, <laughs> despite the fact that I'm only five foot five, I had Trials for England as a basketball player. I got really into basketball, um, kind of directly as a result of White Man can't Jump. And I think sport is an incredible metaphor for... Life And actually, I know that that sounds really pretentious, uh, but when Anna and I first started talking about the idea of wrestling, we talked a lot about how the characters that we create will be wrestling with things in their lives. So, um, you know, a a Syrian refugee is wrestling with being in a new land. Um, Ben is wrestling with, well, we've discovered um, he's wrestling with PTSD, so he's come back from war and he's really damaged. And Dan is wrestling. I love Dan. I think Dan's a great character. Uh, Dan is wrestling with what it means to be British and Asian and where he fits in the world. So I think specifically, and Anna's a genius for coming up with it, um, specifically the wrestling ring is such a beautiful metaphor. You have these, these three young men who, and Jim, they're all in this ring wrestling with something. And it's it's... Yeah, it's just a really obvious thing, and I think sport on I think sport on stage can look really naff. We've got a, an incredible fight director, and I think he's going to make it look amazing. And I think um, what you have to do when what you have to do when you're writing something that has sport within it is be true to the story, um, and then find a way. Frankly, it's not my it's not my problem. It's uh, the director and the fight director's problem. Uh, find a way to make sure that the, the sport, the sporting side of it, doesn't look naff. And I don't think it will. From the tiny bits of uh, working with Kevin that I've seen, I think the sport's going to look amazing. I'd written wrestling like an actual sport, as opposed to.
0: Like what Sammy talks
1: about. Exactly. So Sammy is a Syrian refugee who does uh, what you call Greco-Roman wrestling, which is a real fight. Mm. This is, you see, (laughs) the wrestling community will get very angry at some of this, but it's a bit like performance art. You know who's going to win. You know who's going to lose. That's been decided. Um, And there's a lot of improvisation that goes on, but there's also quite a lot of, well, there's a huge amount of training that goes on. Um, where the wrestlers work out exactly what moves they're going to be doing. So, but, and I think it says it in the play, when you hit the mat, that feels real. People break limbs really easily when they're doing this kind of wrestling. So it's still a sport. There is performance in there. It's not the same as Greco-Roman wrestling, so you're not actually battling with each other. Um, but at the same time, you kind of are. And... Yeah, it's a it's a very complicated thing so that you have how to get right.
0: Decide who
1: wins? The promoter decides. Right. So the promoter says, um, "You're the baby face, You're going to win. Uh, you're the heel." And uh, I think there are some cases where you just have to, they just have to, kind of make it up. They go into the ring and they improvise. They know that at this point, this person is going to lose, um, and this person, and you know, there's always the jeopardy. You think the hero is going to lose, and then he, he recovers at the end and he wins. And um, but it. it It does seem that the promoters are the ones that are in charge and they they kind of have their stable of wrestlers and and they know who's going to do what.
0: Did you meet some promoters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We
1: We met one guy who's a wrestler and a promoter and he told us, oh, he told us the most amazing story. He told us about this massive fallout that had happened where someone thought, so this promoter thought someone was disrespecting him or, or there was some kind of... It was like a soap opera. It was unbelievable. And this thing had played out over two years. And it, so it's called The Story. And what often will happen is at the beginning of the year, the promoter, this guy particularly who's also a wrestler, will work out the story of who he's going to be fighting in a year's time. And they begin the story. So they'll go into the ring and maybe, uh, uh, you know, uh, no, the, the Undertaker will win that day. But what... The audience don't know is that the story is that the Undertaker wins that day, and then he might win the next fight that they have. But it's part of a bigger uh, season. It's a bigger arc, a bigger story that's going to play out over the coming months. And in this one particular case, two years. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, it's an incredible thing.
0: How has this play pushed you compared to your previous plays? Like, have you? um, Did you consider saying, right, I want to, I want to push myself in this way? or has it just pushed you in general over the process of writing the play
1: the script has a lot of stuff that i've been writing about um and brought it all together so the contemporary british asian experience is very much in there um i've i've written plays about three men kind of in a in a a metaphorical cage and i think those you know it's a play also about masculinity and what that means and um, that's been really fascinating to push that, and just to have the opportunity to write something—it's probably you know I've, I've been really fortunate. I've written some lovely things. Um, this actually feels like a, a big step up. It feels like a really, you know, it's a it's a big national tour. It's an incredible theatre that I'm doing with this. With I've got there's an amazing team working on it. Um, so I do you know I felt I felt a responsibility to do Anna proud and to do a good job for Anna. Um, but also when you start to see how big a team is working on this there's a moment where I felt a lot of pressure mm. there's a moment when um, I think maybe during the workshop and I suddenly realised how many people were working on this um, oh no, I was when I went to the photo shoot and there was a team of like five people, six people in this room someone who's amazing at marketing someone who's an incredible photographer someone who's an amazing art director and I suddenly thought oh my god they're all here because of this thing that I sat in my bedroom and wrote <laughs> I've got a little office in the back bedroom um and and that felt initially that it's a bit daunting and then i just felt hugely privileged and excited and you know i've i've been writing a a while now um i've done some tv stuff i had some tv projects that were gonna uh, you know um, i went to hollywood it was supposed to be uh, the the big break and that never happened um so it feels like it feels like a, a nice step on um my career progression but each new play is really special, and this one feels like a really big moment for me, if I'm honest. Yeah. Uh, and I'm yeah, I'm just I'm really hugely excited, really privileged that they've trusted me with this, and I think the, I just want to do the team proud.
0: I think you will. Um, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to Anna um, a couple of days ago. Because I was talking about female wrestlers, mm-hmm. and she did say, "Oh, at one point I mentioned yeah. female wrestlers, but it's it's a male-led play." Um, and I was just wondering if you can talk a bit about the conversation, maybe that if you had that conversation with Anna, yeah, yeah. about female wrestlers, um, but it being decided that it was going to be men, um, and then also talking about these spaces that men go to, like gyms, um, and Kind of the importance of these spaces too, and how we can try and make theatre a space for men to talk about certain things, and you know, and, and make it a Because I, I understand that men find it hard to talk yeah. about certain things. I grew up with four older brothers, right? Okay. Um, and you know, mental health in men is something that is being spoken about these days. So, if you can, I don't know, elaborate on that in some way. Yeah,
1: I think I think there's a huge responsibility as a, I don't, I don't like the phrase, but as a BAME writer, mm. um, there, there's a responsibility, I feel a responsibility to write plays and I feel a responsibility to write about the British Asian experience because, one, that's what I want to talk about, but two, if we're not going to create opportunities for... Um, I'm going to use the word brown, I hope no one finds that offensive, but if we're not going to create opportunities for brown actors... Then who is? And um, if I can, if I can, I write from a, a stance of authenticity. I know what it's like to live that life, so that's really important to me. I wouldn't. I think it's important also to not say, "Well, we're going to um, tackle this inequality," and not talk about this inequality as well, because as much as there is uh, not enough representation of. BME writers and actors and directors. There's also a huge disparity, a huge underrepresentation when it comes to women. So my um, uh, the the chef show that I talked about, I worked really hard with the director to make it um, a, a woman. So it's a cast of two, a woman and a man. And no matter how I wrote that play, it didn't work. It was really frustrating because we were both really conscious that it would be two men. Um, two, I mean, th- they were both. Uh, Asian, both BMA actors, but we really wanted to make it work as a woman. And it didn't. It, it didn't work at that and That was very frustrating. Me and Anna had the same conversation about Glory. And um, it felt, I think what happened was, it felt like we'd be trying to do too much with one play. So this play uh, tackles race and racism. It tackles mental health in men. And it tackles the fact that men, like you say, don't have those spaces to come together and, and speak and I th- uh, and talk about feelings and, and what's happening in their lives. I think having a female character as much as we genuinely did discuss having. Um, in fact, I think at one point we might have even talked about it being all female. Um, but it felt like I, I couldn't I couldn't write that play properly, and I wanted to I wanted to do a good job of writing this play. And it, it just the the more we talked about it, the more we realized it would have to be an all male cast something that i genuinely i think is isn't all right it, that shouldn't be the case um i think the fact that there's a female producer is really important uh we had a female designer and when we talked about bringing the team together there's a lot of dis- discussion about trying to make sure it was um a, a creative team that was as representative as possible um so actually you can probably tell i'm dancing around this a little bit because i think it's not all right to write a forehand a uh, uh, played with the cast of four and they're all men I don't think that's okay in 2018 unfortunately that's what we've ended up doing
0: on, on the other hand the topics that are being discussed um, and you know the themes being explored it can still be worthwhile um, so it's not all a, no yeah, absolutely yeah.
1: I, I hope so and it's not you know it's not one writers or one directors or one producers job to fix all the inequality, everyone has to take responsibility for that but actually when you get into a position where you've been commissioned to write plays or you're producing plays, um, I think I think it's incumbent on us to have that in our minds because let's face it, we've had over 100 years of people just making plays and not even giving that second thought um, so now that we are in these positions, I, think I genuinely think it's really important that we do, we're at least conscious of it because there's been a lot of unconscious bias for a very long time
0: yeah, and um, Anna's also reflected the same kind of comments about really? actively um, kind of hiring a diverse crew and so on. So you've got to give a credit on yourself.
1: I think it's really cool, actually, when I look at the cast. Um, and when I look at this cast and the creative team, I just feel really happy. Um, that's the wrong word. I feel really proud of the work that anna has done and you know that we've done together as well to when you look at the pictures when you look at the cast we have four actors and one of them's white and that's really cool and it's not that hard to make that happen um, so seeing that is something that proud is the wrong word because we shouldn't be proud of it i'm just grateful that i can look at a cast and go yeah that looks like the streets of britain today yeah because far too often we see casts and they don't reflect the streets of Britain today.
0: Maybe one last question that I was just that kind of popped into my mind, and that's kind of audiences: the wrestling audience versus the theatre audience. And um, do you see them as different audiences, or do you think <clears throat> they will see glory and understand it? Um, and do you think there'll be theatre goers who will give wrestling a crack? <laughs> um,
1: I think that's such an interesting question. So part of the uh, I know that the director really wants to get a, a non-traditional theatre audience in there. Um, so I'm so I'm from a really working-class background. And part of the reason that it's, it's weird that I'm in theatre is because theatre wasn't supposed to be for someone like me. Wrestling was. I went to wrestling a lot. Um, so I used to go to Butlins every year. When I was a little boy, we went to Skegness, and we went to Butlins. That was our holiday. And in Butlins at Skegness, there's a theatre. It's called the Gaiety Theatre. And you could go there for free every night, and that's where I really got my love right. of theatre. So I saw the kind of theatre that was um, kind of—I saw the kind of theatre that was made for people like me. People like me being, well, actually, in, in Skegness and Butlins, white working class. Um, and I want this play to be for everyone. I want it to be for the little lad that I was and my mum. And and my dad, but I want it to be for the theatre audiences. There's um there's a thing about Jim that oh, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if people. Yeah, so you might have to see the play to understand yeah. this. Uh, but Jim's really versed in theatre. He cuts Chekhov and Shakespeare quite a lot, which I find hilarious. But why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he like? What I'm doing with that, and I don't know if this will, this is a little bit too. Well, I, I hope people get this. What I'm saying is, theater is for us. You might look at Jim and go, "Well, he's a working class, old fashioned racist." Um, that doesn't mean he shouldn't know Shakespeare and Chekhov. And I, I love, I love the fact that he quotes. I love the fact that he quotes classic theater because uh, it's why not? Why shouldn't it be for... Him? It's my way of saying. Um, I was always told it wasn't for me. Now that I discovered it, I really like it, and I'm allowed to like it. I'm allowed to like Shakespeare. Even though I'm from my background,
0: I think it's always that—it's um, not an awareness; it's that realization going, Wait, "Where's this been? Like, of course we're allowed here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, this is a space we can take up yeah, here. Absolutely. Um, and it's this perception. I think that needs to get knocked down. Absolutely. Um, or wrestled.
1: <laughs> wrestled with. See what you did. <laughs> <laughs>